In today's episode, we are talking about maximizing the relationships that you have in the industry. We're talking about collaborating with suppliers, tapping into their expertise and how that can help you as an individual and as a business. Come and take a listen. Welcome to the O for Food's Sake podcast, where we unwrap the joys and struggles of working in the food industry so you can thrive in what you do best while sustaining a rewarding and fulfilling career or business. We are your hosts, Lucy Wager, food industry consultant, and Amy Wilkinson, food industry coach. We've worked in the food industry for the last 20 years, and we're here to share with you the benefit of our hindsight. Our podcast is for you to find new ways to cope with the daily struggles, but mostly to inspire you to work on what's not working to ultimately improve your career or business long term. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of O for Food's Sake. Today, we're talking about tapping into suppliers' know-how. So this is about maximizing your relationships with suppliers and working collaboratively collaboratively yeah collaboratively (laughs) back in Lucy yeah (laughs) to get the most out of working with suppliers and to help with the product development process basically so we're going to share our insights and thoughts aren't we yeah I think this is a really important message because we're one big food industry but we tend to work in silos this episode is you know, it could be wherever you are in that supply chain, you will have suppliers that you could yeah. be tapping it into. I think retailers are quite good at recognizing that, say, a manufacturer of an end product it has more expertise than them. But, they, you know, there'll still be lessons for, the, for people listening in, in that arena. But I think in all my years of manufacturing, we never leveraged our supply base as well mm. as we should have done. Mm. And I don't mean leverage in a like commercially, absolutely, you can do all of that sort of stuff. But this is about get using that as a proper support network that's going yeah. to help you and your team. Yeah. And it works both ways because it's also not about when I was introducing it, I don't want it to sound like it's how to take advantage of. Uh-uh. No, <laughs> This is about like, it's getting the most for the benefit for both sides. Yeah. Um, We're all about win-win situations, aren't we? Yeah, exactly. And it, it was actually, and it's funny that you should say, Amy, about when you've worked in supply base and not when you were a supplier to a retailer, not leveraging your suppliers. And actually, it was when I was in my podology days that I really learned about this kind of how much your suppliers can help you. Mm. And, it, and that's because I was in a situation where I needed support and expertise because I didn't have a massive team around me yeah and it's kind of learning how to it part of it is is relationship building as well Mm. but I think it's worth mentioning as well because I think if you're in a big business it can be difficult because sometimes you are so say the procurement person might have a really good relationship with the suppliers but there's there can be a bit of a blocker between that and the other departments you know that are actually using the ingredients or, or that sort of thing. So it is all about relationships internally and externally to, to help yeah. you yeah. kind of... to find the right expertise. Yeah. So let's go back right to the beginning because you could be in a situation where you have the ability to select suppliers. Sometimes you're not in that situation and you have to sort of make do with, with your current supply base. But if you are in a position where you're seeking suppliers, then there's 
there's things that you need to consider around that as well, kind of looking forward and thinking about how you want to work with suppliers. And in that instance, so that might be in big businesses or in a, in a startup where you're looking for new suppliers, but it's, it's really important to understand what your criteria is around your supply base mm. and thinking about, you know, matching values. Have they got, has the supplier got the same business values that your business has and trying to match up that up can be helpful. Yeah. Well, and there's also technical standards and all of that that they have to adhere to. Yeah, yeah. The non-negotiables. Yeah, but thinking about what they are, because depending on the size of business, I have worked with bigger businesses where they're not necessarily selecting suppliers based on a set criteria. Mm. And it's, you know, it can form part of the quality management system, but it's it's just a really good idea because it can make sure that you're getting into the supplier relationships that you want to be in and are going to be beneficial. Yeah. And I guess it, it can be difficult, can't it? Depending, like, again, on the size of the business, where you are, how attractive you are to different suppliers as well. Like, you have to remember it's a two-way thing, isn't it? And I think... You know, from my days of when you're working in a blue chip, everybody's like, oh, yeah, 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 I want to work with you. And then you work somewhere smaller and it's like, who are you? Not really interested. Yeah. You know, and remembering that it needs to be attractive to the supplier as well as it does to you to have them as a supplier. Yes. But also, and that's just reminded me as well. So there's that company that I met at Bread and Jam, which is worth a shout out here called Oppo. And I think we should get them on the podcast actually to talk about what they do, because actually that's another way of looking at utilizing a supply base if you're a smaller business, because basically what they do is they allow smaller businesses to tap into suppliers of product to get the benefit of lots of different people taking from that supplier. So for example, yeah. like it minimizes the like minimum water quantity yeah. as a barrier to entry, but also cost and that kind of thing. Yeah. And I guess this links back to using distributors and things like that. Like I know yeah. when I worked in big business, it was like, oh no, why would we do that? We want to cut out the middleman, but actually people like Damer Ingredients who do sponsor the podcast. This is not like yeah. it has just come up in conversation. Yeah. I'm not just saying it because yeah. of that. But we had that conversation with them because we were talking about like what we're going to put on the latest ad and stuff. And we were talking on one of the things that is a real benefit to a business is that they take the risk. You know, they take the risk on the massive minimum order quantities that they're importing from Europe and paying all these taxes on and then they hold the stock for you so like it is thinking about depending on where you are in your business and what matters to you at that time a distributor versus a like some manufacturer of an ingredient has got a different role in your business hasn't it yeah and it can be as simple as having those kind of conversations with Mm. your supply base and, and understanding you know understanding their business model and how it works and how you can most effectively work with them and opening up those conversations because I think it is it like I said at the beginning it is about having some supplier relationships that feel more collaborative yeah and working towards something together now obviously I realize it also has to be commercial but the food industry you know margins are always difficult things are always hard and having these this kind of transparency and setting up the relationship from the beginning with everybody's intentions can really really help and you know Mm -hmm. how do you want to work together what are the goals of this particular project who in the business in the supplier can help you and understanding like the strengths within the business you know and I think that's really true that you can be working with a supplier and if you're working a big business and you've got an established supply base you can be working with a supplier for quite a long time and not actually 
know mm. the extent of the expertise that they have in that business. Yeah. But because it's a bit transactional and you're not really yeah. kind of getting into the yeah. nitty gritty of understanding. Yeah. I think it's finding ways of tapping into your supply base and opening up those conversations. Okay, so we've worked with you on this project or we've bought this ingredient from you for this length of time. What else do you do? Are you doing anything new? What expertise have you got within your business that you think could help us? And there are some businesses that are really good at this. And that's how I've learned that actually you can get a lot out of your suppliers. Before we go any further, we want to extend our gratitude to our sponsors, Damer Ingredients. Their ongoing support behind the scenes is helping us build a vibrant community through this podcast. Working with Damer on various projects, both for my own brand and my clients, has been an eye-opener. Their vast technical expertise not only saves time and money, but it also adds a layer of depth to the product development process. And my commercial head likes the fact that by holding stock in the UK, they can be quick to react and flexible with quantities, which makes it lower risk post-launch as well. To find out more, visit www.dama.com. And actually, again, I'm going to talk about Dama. This is a real life situation. It was actually Dama that sort of introduced this to me when I had pedology. I think they approached me and said, We've, we would like to come and show you some of our, our ingredients and what they can do. And it blew my mind at the time because obviously yeah. I was on my own and I was like, wow, like yeah. they, they've demonstrated what their ingredients can do. And that stimulated lots of conversation. And, you know, since then, obviously I, I now know how to work with people like them and other businesses that offer similar things. It can be ingredients, but it can also be fruit purees, a company, because there's always something where you know a business for something, but actually they might do something else. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. But that you didn't know about. But it's making sure that you've got that line of communication to be able to ask the right questions. Mm. And I think it actually for people that are listening that are in that supplier situation, so ingredient supplier and that sort of thing, it's also, it's having. Obviously, you have sales teams and marketing teams and stuff like that, depending on the size of the business and the strategy. But it's actually up in a conversation. Like if you're having a conversation about something else, I do it in my business. Somebody will maybe ask me a question about, um, can you come in and do a workshop with my team on X? And I'll be like, yeah. And then we'll get into the conversation. And then they'll tell me that they're struggling about something or something. I'm like, oh, well, I can also do one-to-one -one coaching if that would be of interest. And it's just having that commercial head switched on at all times. And it not necessarily, I mean, it is commercial, like that is me. But thinking about on the other side, listening to what those people's problems are and then going, oh, how can I help them? And these are the different ways I can help them. So I think it's from the supply base point of view, thinking like that. But also, I think we can get in a trap. So I'm thinking, as I often do in that middle bit, in that manufacturing, you know, the end product bit where we can get really stuck on like only going to ask them this question. I'm only going to talk to them about mm. this and actually building a bit of rapport, having a bit of a chat and understanding a bit more about each other's businesses. Both yeah. ways is yeah. got to be helpful. Definitely. And going back to what you said about um, from a retail perspective, I think this is really valid 
Mm. there as well because particularly in retail where you might have multiple suppliers that you work with it can be quite easy to be quite distanced from what's happening in the suppliers by no fault of your own just because your priorities are focused on sort of internally within that retailer Mm -hmm. but the value that your suppliers can add to you as a product developer or a buyer or a technical manager uh, is really invaluable. And I can still think of like specific people that I worked with in different suppliers when I was a product developer that had such incredible knowledge. And sometimes they can be the people that are the quietest in the room. Mm. And you have, you do have to actually seek it out a little bit. And in that environment, when you're at the supplier, because it can be quite easy for like the commercial teams or the marketing teams to sort of take over those meetings. And what I found is that sometimes it was the chef that had been there for a long time that had like real experience or a very quiet process process technologists that you sort of saw at the trials who would have really brilliant ideas or that might not speak up so much and actually recognize if you're a product developer from a retailer visiting the site look out for those kind of things because actually sort of honing in on that kind of thing can actually make you see a new opportunity or a new way of doing things yeah it's like seeking out those technical experts I don't mean technical in the quality safety but I just mean that that technically know the job very well that's what you get from working well with your supply base because you know they're going to be an expert in what they do and like you say the salesperson isn't always the expert and they're very good at selling um talking the talk but actually the people that are quieter that are doing the do might be the ones that you want to tap into and get a bit more information from and understanding why things are done this is just reminding me of like my product development days going around the factories and you know ask loads of questions and seek things out and there was a particular piece of kit that I remember that wasn't in use and it, and I thought this could really do something really good for a different type of product and like just stimulating those kind of conversations and that you know at first it might be, not be something that the supplier thinks they want to do but actually if the size of prize is big enough then it might be a conversation that's worth having that might bring a a new product or a new way of doing something that could be really beneficial for both businesses. I think it's worth saying as well, there are challenges with it all because I think that we want to encourage people to do it, but there are barriers. There are things that stop that communication really. And I think there's lots of genuine concerns around like competitors or revealing too much information lots of things can be under NDA at certain times and and that sort of thing and also you might have very conflicting viewpoints on what you want to get out of you know that relationship yeah commercially sensitive or and and this is where um I'm gonna do some stuff with I won't mention her name because I haven't asked her permission, but I'm going to do some work with a procurement specialist in the food industry and we're going to pull together a course around this sort of stuff because I feel like I've just like name dropped that in there. Like this wasn't the purpose of the episode. There's been quite a lot of that going on. Um, But I'm just thinking about it because it's a lot of what we've talked about is like actually understanding what the level of importance you are to that, the other party. You've come across this loads where you are, you know, when you worked at m and like everybody wanted to work with you. When you were like a little factory in the middle of nowhere, they didn't necessarily want to work with you. So it's uns- don't make that assumption that everybody's on the same page. You kind of got to understand what their motivations are versus your motivations, I think is what I'm trying to say. 
And it doesn't necessarily close the door, but it changes the conversation. Mm. And it's a really valid point, actually, Amy. I think that sounds like a really useful course because I think it is about understanding the drivers in the supply base and understanding how to have those conversations and what is it, what are the barriers and how do you have those conversations? And particularly, you know, the things that I come up against with when I work with startups now, especially from a product development perspective, to develop a product properly and to the best ability, you really need to be using raw materials that you're going to use when you scale, because otherwise it just doesn't work. So you need to be doing kitchen samples using proper raw materials. And that means getting raw materials from suppliers. And so you need to understand the barriers that you're going to come up against in terms of minimum order quantities and costs and that kind of thing. Yeah. But it can also be a challenge to get samples sometimes. So opening up those conversations really early on is really important. Mm. Difficult because people don't want to give you samples because you're small fry or just... Just because logistics. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it can be sometimes they might want you to pay for samples if you go over a certain amount, but there's normally ways around it. Yeah. But it is about having those honest conversations and looking at. But, and it's also about them being invested in what you're doing as well. I'm thinking about other conversations we've had with other entrepreneurs. It's like that having that understanding what the why is behind your business, the consumer insight, why it's going to be a success, they're more likely to want to back you. I'm thinking about, um, was it Love Raw chocolate people? I can remember them talking Mm -hmm. about like somebody taking a risk on them and paying them up front. You know, like it's that sort of thing, isn't it? Where people can, but the more honest you are and the more, not honest to a fault, like we all wing it a little bit and like, you know, don't tell people quite how little money we've got or, you know, we don't really know yeah. what we're doing. But, you know, be honest about the bit that's, that matter and build those relationships and build up that communication. You're going to get a better response. You're more likely to get a better response because we're humans working with humans at the end of the day. It's about being open and honest and transparent and genuine about what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And going back to what you're saying about internal conversations as well, that might be it, that might be the conversation that you're having to have with the, with the procurement manager if you're mm. looking to do something quite different and, and sort of gaining their support as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I think what we're saying really is that if you utilize those relationships you've got with suppliers, you can not only like leverage their knowledge and all of that sort of stuff, but you're going to be able to streamline your process. You're going to save time, potentially save money as well. As ever, when we're on the podcast, we're like, in, in this ideal world, will all of this stuff, you know, go smoothly? But actually, it's not always that easy to find the right suppliers. Like, I know you're often, like, you're brilliantly networked in the supply base, but, you know, you have to put posts on LinkedIn. Does anybody know who supplies this sort of stuff? So yeah. the, the, put, tapping into that network is really important as well, isn't it? It is. And that's a thing. Like, I mean, there's always new suppliers that I'm discovering and new ways of doing things. And that's a really important thing to say, actually, because it's ever evolving. And I think what I would encourage everybody to do is to think about their supply base and the people that they work with most closely and think about, are you, do you know the full extent of what that supplier does? Like, or are you just focused on the small thing that that they do or the one thing that they do for you? Yeah. What else do they do what else can they do for you and what's your relationship like with the people within that business 
is there more technical knowledge that they can share with you for you to get the most out of the relationship and for them and this isn't one-sided this is about them potentially being able to sell more to you yeah so yeah it's very beneficial yeah everybody's a winner in that situation yeah so I think really what we're saying in terms of key takeouts hopefully from this episode are that think about your supply base think about who you need uh, you know what the gaps are who can help you what help can you get and you know just spend some time thinking about that and do something about it if you feel like you've got those gaps yeah and it's what we talk about when we talk about networking this is mm. like a very focused piece of networking within your supply base and understanding how how you can utilize it more effectively yeah so i hope you found that useful everybody and as ever come and have a chat with us in the facebook group or on linkedin where we're hanging out on social media all of the time and we will see you next time see you next time Thank you for joining us today and we hope that this has been useful to you. As ever, we would love it if you could rate and review the podcast on your podcast app. It really does help us reach and support more foodies out there. We'd also love it if you'd come and join us in the Facebook group, the Over Food Sake community. And if you want to get in touch with us personally, Lucy is available for consultancy advice and training and can be found on LinkedIn as Lucy Wager. And if you want to reach out to Amy for any one-to-one coaching, group facilitation or training, then contact her on LinkedIn at Amy Wilkinson Coach. Thanks for listening and see you next time. See you next time.